ಓಮ ಜ್ಞಾನಚಿರಂಧ್ಯಾನಂಜನ ಶ್ಲಾಕಯ ಚಕ್ಷುರ್ಮಿಲಿತಂಗೀನಸ್ Krishna consciousness is very easy. As we sung in this song, Krishna consciousness means chanting Hare Krishna, taking prasad, associating with devotees. So Prabhupada would often say, what is the difficulty? Chant Hare Krishna and be happy. What is the difficulty? There is no Kaurabhadas. Is there any difficulty to chant Hare Krishna? Is anything difficult? Is anything difficult to take prasadam? I don't think so. Not judging by the way the devotees take prasadam. It doesn't seem to be very difficult. Is there anything very difficult to read the books of Srila Prabhupada? These are all basic activities of Krishna Prabhupada. So, there is no difficulty. But nevertheless, we are experiencing some difficulty. As Prabhupada used to say, Krishna consciousness is simple for the simple. and difficult for the difficult. So we are finding some obstacles. Basically there are two kinds of obstacles. They are those which are externally imposed and those which we find in our own very mind. So this is the difficulty. The only real difficulty to practicing Christian consciousness is that we are rascals. We are the difficulty. because we are not sevam mukh we are not inclined to serve krishna we are bahir mukh we have turned away from krishna therefore we find so many difficulties sometimes devotees ask us well, you know i want to be krishna conscious but there are so many funny thoughts coming in the mind why is that see the reason is because we are rascals where the funny thoughts are coming. And when they come, we are accepting them. We don't reject. We take pleasure in the bad things. So this uh, question is put by Arjuna. Atakena kayyutaram papam chalati purusha anichan apivashnaya in baladinam yojitam He says that why is it Arjuna asked Krishna, but why is it that we sometimes do things wrong as if by force, as if we, we don't really want to, but we feel forced to do wrong? Then what was Krishna's answer? Shikhamana Vacha, Kama Esha, Krodha Esha, Rajabhuna Savuttara, Mahasha, Mahapadna, It is due to the deep-rooted karma, desire for material enjoyment and krodha. And by saying karma and krodha, that also implies karma, krodha, dhoda, moha, adam, atsaya. These are all deep-rooted in the heart. They have produced uh, the mode of passion 
They are the great enemies to our spiritual advancement. Krishna says elsewhere in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says there are three gates leading to hell. Kama, Krodh, and Loba, therefore an intelligent person should give them up. So we should give up these five tendencies. But sometimes it seems difficult to do so. Therefore we have seminars on overcoming obstacles. As I was saying, there are two kinds of obstacles, external and internal. So external obstacles, we'll have to try to adjust this. External obstacles may manifest as often we find that, for instance, people just their husband is against it, or not very enthusiastic, or their wife is against it, or their parents are against it, or their children are against it, or the teachers are against it. So that's one kind of situation. And we can try to rectify that position by trying to preach to the concerned parties. But often they don't respond very easily. So that's one kind of external obstacle. Another kind of external obstacle might be, for instance, that one has to work so hard and there's no time practically. Time is required to practice sadhana. Or it may be that in our workplace we are forced to associate with people who are a long way from Krishna conscious, just like in some East European countries they have the draft. means that young men, they are very vulgar language and if someone tries to be Krishna conscious then they'll torture them break their needs and pull their nicknames on so many things. So these are external obstacles. How to deal with them? That we will have to see to in each individual case. Pure devotional service is described as a hydrophiopratikata. That it is without any material motive and it can be executed in any circumstance. So if we have a strong enough desire, we can practice Krishna consciousness even in great difficulties. But, generally speaking, most people, if they don't get at least a somewhat favorable situation, then it's very difficult for them to practice Krishna consciousness. If we're always associating with non-devotees, it's very difficult. It's always recommended to associate with devotees, but if by circumstance, we have to associate with non-devotees, unless we are very strong, it will be very difficult for us to practice Krishna conscious properly. And the problem is that most of us, we are not very strong. So it may be that even by circumstances, it's very difficult for us to practice Krishna consciousness. <coughs> so what to do in such circumstances? That we will have to discuss with senior, mature devotees, what is our best strategy? In, in many cases it might be better not to try to fight with people who are against Krishna consciousness, but to tolerate them. It depends. Different people, if 
some have knowledge, strength of mind, they may be able to turn others around. In other cases, then they'll have to tolerate, pray to Krishna, associate with the devotees as much as we can. It definitely, in, in difficult circumstances, it definitely requires a lot of strength of mind. In other words, conviction that I must practice Krishna consciousness, whatever. So this kind of test can actually help us to advance in Krishna consciousness. What may seem like an obstacle can actually be the means of our advancement. If we're in a difficult situation, but we're determined to be Krishna conscious despite the difficulty, then that can be the cause of our making more advancement. And Krishna will be very pleased that we struggle in difficulty to serve Him. In Bengali there is a saying, Kashtana Kali Keshto Milibena. If we don't take some difficulty, then we cannot attain Krishna. Shayansi Bahubhinani. In Sanskrit already said that if we try to do anything, Shreya, which is of ultimate auspiciousness, then Bahubhinani, many obstacles will come. So if we take to pure devotional service, we can expect that there will be many obstacles. Many times people take to Krishna Bhakti because they are finding many difficulties in their lives. But actually, if we are serious to serve Krishna, it's, the difficulties won't go away. We might even get more. How, why? Because that is Krishna's test. Do we actually want to serve him or not? So in this way the obstacles become the means for us to advance. Now, that doesn't mean that we should give up because there are difficulties. We can consider, just like we're having some difficulties, so many people come and say, oh my, my parents, they're against, my husband is against, my wife is against, it's so difficult. And we can say, well, you, you compare yourself with Allah. Your parents are giving difficulties. Are they as serious as Hiranyakaji moves? We doubt it. So we can take strength by remembering the examples of the great devotees who went through so many difficulties and always remained steady in their bhakti. We can remember the great difficulties that Prabhupada went to to bring us Krishna consciousness. Crossing over the sea in a in a freight boat, having heart attacks, living among the hippies, drug crazy hippies. Sometimes he had to keep his bhoga in the fridge where the man was keeping meat to feed his cat. So many difficulties Prabhupada went through to give us bhakti. And then again we can consider that, well we may be having some difficulties, but so many people are having worse difficulties. Whatever difficulties you have in life, uh, well you're probably not in as bad a 
not in as difficult a position as many people, for instance, living in Afghanistan or Iraq. They didn't ask the Americans to come and shoot them, but by the grace of Uncle Sam, they're getting genuine American bullets shot at them. So we're probably not in such a difficult position as them. In another point, this is very, very important to consider. Lord Brahma says that whatever difficulties one may experience in life, one, a devotee, considers that this is the result of my sinful activities. And actually I should be getting much worse. If a devotee thinks like this, very humbly. He doesn't think, wow, why doesn't Krishna take away the difficulties? He thinks, oh, Krishna's so kind. He's only giving me this much difficulty. I deserve much more. I'm such a rascal. So if one thinks like that and goes on executing his Krishna consciousness, then such a person is guaranteed to go back to Godhead. It has become his very right. Such an attitude, Krishna will accept that and he'll go back to Godhead. Now we've just seen this song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, in which he's talking about the bliss of practicing Krishna consciousness. But if we examine the life of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we will find, from the material point of view, it was full of difficulties. Bhaktivinoda Thakur was born in a very rich family, but then when he was young, his father died, and the whole village in which he lived, everyone. Almost everyone died from plague. So he was an orphan at a young age and then uh, we got married and then just shortly after his wife gave birth, she died and then he married again and then he was transferred from job to job to job. He was, he was actually very brilliant even from a material point of view. And uh, he was a magistrate in the British government and he used to dispense of the cases very quickly, yet he was, because he was so brilliant, he had many enemies. And even the British government, because he was so brilliant, they distrusted him. They thought that, well, it, their theory was that Indians are stupid, we're British, we're better. But they found Bhaktivinoda you know, Thakur is so intelligent that uh, if he's so if Indians are like this, then we can't manage India again. So they were afraid of him, even though he wasn't against the British government. And he had so many health problems. He was writing so many books, but he had so many headaches and fever, so many different things. But he was always happy in his social consciousness. So we can remember these examples. So many obstacles will come. Don't think I will chant. I will chant Hare Krishna, all the problems will go away. And material life by very nature is full of difficulties. But if we take shelter of Krishna, then what would otherwise seem like a very big problem, we don't consider it very serious. Just like Prabhupada, in his Prihasta life, he was he had made a factory in Lucknow, and he was in some other part of India doing his sales, he got a telegram 
that your servant has cheated you and you lost all your factory, all the money, everything. Prabhupada. Yes, Ya Amanabrihnami, Harishay Kaddanam Shanai. We quote it from Bhagavatam. Krishna says, Who I am merciful to, I take everything away. He saw, this is Krishna. Who can see Krishna in such a situation? During Prabhupada described during the Second World War, the Japanese were dropping bombs on Calcutta. And the people were saying, come to the bomb shelter, quickly. Prabhupada said, I'm taking prasada. I'll finish prasada, then I'll go. So Prabhupada, he saw, the bombs are coming. Prabhupada made a noise. <laughs> Prabhupada said, I saw this is Krishna in another form. Abhayachala. Fearless. So these are external obstacles. Actually there is no obstacle. If we can see, even in karmi management books, they say that obstacle or difficulties are an opportunity. So in the same way, in, in Krishna consciousness, an obstacle is something that we can accept as another opportunity to serve Krishna in a different way. Krishna is manifesting himself in this way. Let me accept and serve Krishna to the best of my Now, internal obstacles, our material attachments, or, as Prabhupada will often point out, the greatest enemy of the conditioned soul, or the most prominent material attachment is a sex desire. And that is being increased in the modern age. If you open a newspaper, you, you, you maybe just want to see the news, but you know, it's just full of descriptions of sex and pictures like that, just day-to-day -day life. And presumably in the in the, in the television also, I don't watch television. I hope you don't know that. But same thing, just increasing sex desire. So actually all these, you know, this calm, cold, low, warm, other matsaya, asakti, this attachment to so many different attachments. What is the root cause of all these material attachments? The root cause is that we are not attached to Krishna. Oyam mayardas kori nana When we become the servant of Krishna, then we have so, when we become the servant of Maya, then we have so many material desires. Maya is very kind. <laughs> it is also made by Maya. We can use for serving Krishna. Who made this? Yourself? 
offer to Krishna. So we can take this and use for Maya for our own sense of or we can offer to Krishna. So this asakti, this material attachment, the root cause of this is that we are not attached to Krishna. So how to overcome all the different attachments which manifest someone is attached to generally we, we all have this tendency for sexual attraction. Then we may be attached to sports. I was told that one devotee told me that during the recent India-Pakistan cricket series, in one of our temples, all the brahmacharis were walking around with his headphones and listening. <laughs> I don't think that's proper for brahmacharis. But they're attached to... Actually, this attachment to sports is very bad, because you see, even all these great famous players, it's Sachin Tendulkar, Saurabh Ganguly, and there's a new famous one now, what's his name? Sasasa. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, alright. In, uh, in Bellar, one of the devotees coming, his name, his parents' name, is Gavaska. So previously people used to get names like Krishna, Gopinath, or they called him Gavaska, which is, he was a previous great cricketer. Now, if we consider all these people, I mean, I don't have anything personally against Tendulkar or Saurabh Ganguly or any of these people, but actually they're all meat-eaters, isn't it? So we're so, you know, we think, oh, they're such great people and they're so wonderful heroes, but we're supposed to be devotees of Krishna. And if you examine these people, there, there was Kapil Dev before. They're all meat-eaters. So why are we a bunch of meat-eaters and they're all engaged in some sport? Why should we glorify them? Why should we be so interested in them? We should be interested in Krishna. Then what other kind of obstacles we like attachment to? Maybe we want to have a... We attach the idea of having a good career, making a lot of money. Does anyone feel like that? Maybe not among the Chennai congregation so much. Maybe more among the Bangalore congregation. Some might be like that. I'm not saying specific. I don't know. I'm just saying the atmosphere in Bangalore, the general atmosphere in Bangalore among the Karmis is much more materialistic even than Chennai. So I'm not, don't go and report to the Bangalore devotees that I'm saying they're all materialistic. <laughs> but I'm just saying the atmosphere there is very much, in Bangalore is very much this, uh, very strong, I think more than maybe Bangalore and Delhi, the two places, maybe Bangalore more, the atmosphere. So get ahead, be successful, isn't it? It's very strong. Actually, you know, all the big cities are the big stuff. So, uh, that tendency may be there to think that I'd be successful in my job, have a great career, mixing up the karmi values, the values of the karmi society. Now, here's an obstacle which I perceive 
but which most of our devotees in India don't perceive. And even if I point it out, they think I'm crazy or there's something wrong with me. And it seems to me to be such a deep-rooted obstacle that mostly even our leaders, they don't talk about overcoming it, or rather they encourage devotees to go on with it. And this is the idea of being a respectable part of modern society, getting a good degree, getting a good job, and all this kind of thing, which has got actually nothing to do with Krishna consciousness. So many times through the comments, they're devotees and they say, oh, give me blessing, I'm doing my exam. So, naturally, Grihastas, they're concerned about the welfare of their children. But what it means is that we are subscribing to the values of Karmi society, in which they judge you in terms of your material success. Now, it could be that you want to do this because, well, you think I have to live in society, so I might as well get a good job and all this. But generally, I find that our devotees, they're too much in their... They're too much influenced by this way of thinking. And children should understand this whole kindly society, it's all, it stinks. The whole motivation, get money and they judge you. They judge you in terms of how much money you have, what kind of material qualification you have. This is all nonsense. It is anartha. Anartha means that which is an obstacle to our advancement in Krishna consciousness. So, as a matter of formality, we may go along with this, but it's not actually we have nothing, we have nothing to do with this karmic way of life. You may say, well, we're grihastas, we're living in this system. Yeah, we are, but grihasta is main, a Vaishnava Priyasa, and the goal of our life is to be Krishna conscious. So you may have a so-called good job, and we're not saying that you don't have to have it. And you may do your exams and encourage your children to do this and that, but it really isn't the main thing. getting a lot of balance in here. Okay, thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you for your attention. So there's a tendency to be too much caught up in this thing. Well, if we don't get good results, what will our, what will our relatives think and what will people think? But most of all we should think, what does Krishna think? What does Guru and Krishna think? It's like people, devotees, they, even sometimes they come to the temple in pants and shirt, and they say, and they say, well, you know, how can I dress in dhoti right here? They like to wear these vesti. But actually, our Gloria Vaishnava says, you are dhoti, with catch. So they may say, well, what will the people think? It doesn't matter what the people think. What does Guru think? That should be our way of thinking. So another obstacle is to be too much attached to, too much concerned with what the public thinks and not enough concerned with what Guru and Krishna want of us. So this is a point that could be discussed in more detail, as I say. 
It's not that we discourage that. If you're doing exams, you can do but don't be in so much anxiety. Stop chanting around and not recording. Even if we don't get a degree, if we're chanting Hare Krishna, we're in a much better position than someone who's PhD but not chanting Hare Krishna. We should understand that. Even if we don't get what's considered a good job by middle class values, that is not so important. That and somehow we have to get some income for maintaining the body. But the purpose of life is to serve Krishna. So like I say, mostly our devotees they don't speak like this because then people's minds will become disturbed. But we have to be focused. What is the goal of our life? Is it to satisfy the public or is it to satisfy Krishna? The two things are not necessarily the same and usually they are different. So one obstacle, as Prabhupada writes in one purple, the greatest obstacle in our lives is to consider that there is anything else of importance except Krishna consciousness. So you may say, yes, working, job, all these things are important. Important, yes, but relatively important. Not of ultimate importance. Only of temporary importance. The real importance is that we have to become Krishna conscious. So this kind of thing that then this causes, sometimes causes disturbance in families. And sometimes we find, for instance, that a young man is very serious and not rash, but actually very serious with a mature decision that they want to dedicate their life to Krishna, in Krishna's service as a brahmacharya. And the mother may be chanting Hare Krishna also, but is due to some sentimental attachment, wants to prevent her son from being fully surrendered to Krishna. So this means that even though we're chanting Hare Krishna, we have not taken to heart Guru Mukha Padmavakya Chitete Kariya Aika Anga Kariya Manayasha. That means that we're taking, we're taking Krishna consciousness as a kind of pious activity. We haven't actually surrendered to Krishna. We haven't actually given ourselves to Krishna. If we prefer that our family members serve us rather than serve Krishna, then we are making, we are making we are considering ourselves more important than Krishna. So these are all obstacles. What other obstacles can you think of? You asked me to give this seminar. I don't know who asked actually. Whose idea was this to give this seminar? Obstacles on the path of devotion. So actually this could be discussed at great length. We could discuss for several days. That very great obstacle of sex desire I discussed in some detail in this book, Brahmacharya and Krishna Consciousness. 
And it's not only for brahmacharis, but devotees in all ashrams. In fact, the Grihasthas, they often appreciate this more than the brahmacharis. Because the brahmacharis are thinking, not we'll, we'll probably become Grihastas and then we'll enjoy ourselves afterwards. But the Grihastas, they know there's no enjoyment. Therefore, they take it more seriously. The Grihastas are so serious about Krishna consciousness, they can understand that this, uh, this, all these family responsibilities, it's not actually a source of great enjoyment. Where's the enjoyment? They said, in Germany family life, in a Christian conscious family. But simply to have a family, even the dogs and cats have families. So there's nothing glorious about that. So I'm just giving this as an example. One obstacle, namely this uh, sex desire, I discussed that in one whole book. So. Uh, I only ever consulted an astrologer once, Tanya Maharaj, because I was getting a lot of headaches at the time. And actually I can't have a proper astrological reading because I don't know the time I was born. They, they, in England they don't record the time, they just get the date. So it might even have been the other, the day before, or the day after. So I, I can't have a proper astrological chart. But anyway, for better or worse, I'm still going on. So, I'm just citing myself as an example that I'm not saying astrology is wrong or that we shouldn't use it, especially if we have to choosing the marriage partner and time of marriage and all this kind of thing. But it's not the most important thing. It's not that you just... Kalva wrote one letter, actually mostly he encouraged it, as part of Vedic society, they should be astrologers. But in one letter he wrote, these astrologers are all nonsense. Now why did Prabhupada write it? Because at that time, devotees were consulting an astrologer that what time each day we should go out to distribute books. You have to wait for the, you have to wait for the auspicious time. So sometimes they'd have to wait till 3 o'clock in the afternoon and already half the day was gone. So Prabhupada says, it's all nonsense. Just go out and eat it. Book distribution is always auspicious. Whatever time. You don't have to wait for the astrologer. And like this, or they'll, they'll, they'll go to the astrologer and they'll say, well, you have to do some special worship of Lord Shiva. We're not going to do that. We worship Krishna. So, being overly fascinated, or we're overly fascinated with some special kind of diet for health, macrobiotic or something like this. So these are, or we become too much fascinated by, or I have to do my, I have to do two hours yoga practice in the morning. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarkar said that being Krishna conscious even if sick, is much preferable to being healthy without Krishna consciousness. Because however healthy you are, you have to die. And you get another body. But if you chant Hare Krishna, you go to Krishna. 
to Goloka Vrindavan. I mean, Goloka Vrindavan, no one does Hatha Yoga. There's no need. Anyway, the body's healthy. There's no birth, death, old age, disease. So these are uh, various obstacles. Now, other things are being suggested. False ego, bad association. What is the solution? So for different obstacles, there may be different solutions offered, just like this. If there's too much sex desire, then um, one is not married, one is recommended to become married, and then that desire for sexual indulgence, that can be used for producing Krishna conscious children. Um, maybe the parents or relatives or something that are causing too much disturbance at home. So maybe we can have some elder member, respected member of our Vaishnav community go and speak to them. So there may be different ways to to tackle different various obstacles, but the main thing we have to understand is the real obstacle is our own material attachment or our own lack of desire to fully surrender to Krishna. This is the main problem. So we may say you have the problem of false ego, but that false ego is just the manifestation of our lack of desire to serve Krishna. So what is the solution to all these obstacles? Tivra Bhakti Yoga. To practice bhakti very strongly. And you may say, well, you know, I don't have the strength to practice strongly, that's why I met my obstacle. Then you take association, associate with strong devotees, make the determination, I must be very strong in bhakti. I must surrender to Krishna. I must pray to Krishna. Always praying to Krishna. Krishna, please help me. Now, if we don't have the strength of mind, or we don't have that firm determination, then we can never be Krishna conscious. Now the Olympic Games are coming up. When do they begin? Does anyone know? It must be fairly soon. 6th of? 6th of August. Another madness. Suppose there's cricket madness, and then election madness, and Olympic Games madness. So, who will win the gold medal? There's so many gold medals, so many different sports, shooting, boxing, running, 100 meters run, 200 meters run, 400 meters run, marathon. Who can succeed? Who will be the glorious gold medal winning champion? Someone who's very determined. To be a successful athlete, you have to follow so many rules and regulations. No late nights. Diet is very controlled. Very strict discipline. So much training. Unless you do all those things, you can't even get in the Olympic team. To be an athlete, you have to be so much committed. 
just for the useless getting a gold medal. Just like this weightlifting. Gold medal! Job! So they go to so much effort to pick up this. But you bring any, not any special elephant, any ordinary elephant. <laughs> and they can easily lift the same weight. <laughs> so what did they gain by doing that? What they gained is, in their next life they'll become an elephant. <laughs> you want to pick up heavy weights. And then Krishna will see this, this person, they're going through so much difficulty. They just make him an elephant. And then you'll be easy for him. So this is, they're going through so much endeavor, and so much discipline. Very strict. Just so they can become an elephant in the next one. But they don't know that. They're thinking, I want to get the gold medal. They, they train them also psychologically. You just have to think, gold medal, gold medal, gold medal, have to get that medal. They have to concentrate. It's like very fixed meditation. So their whole life, they're eating, they're sleeping, they're all the time concentrating gold medal. So much endeavor. So to get Krishna, do you think we can just take it easy? We have to have the same determination. Sometimes people say, well, I think I'll take initiation from this guru because he's not so strict. You see, he doesn't mind if you go to the movies sometimes. And then, and then what do you want? You think we can get Krishna consciousness just by taking it easy? We get as much result as the effort we put in. If we if we think, well, I'll take it easy, and we won't make proper advancement. If we're very straight and determined and practice Krishna consciousness very seriously. I have to chant my 16 rounds every day. I have to get up early. I have to chant. I have to study Shastra every day. I have to do service. All these things. Now, oh, someone's calling me. Come watch the Olympic Games. I have this new 28-inch color TV. Super high resolution. No. Oh, what's wrong with you? You're on social media. I have to chant Hare Krishna. This kind of determination we have to have. We have to be focused. Our goal is Krishna. So first of all we have to think, what do we want? What do you want? What do you want? What is the answer? You want to attend Krishna? Are you sure? Are you sure you want Krishna? Now do you want Krishna to be according to the way you want him to be? Or are you going to adjust yourself to the way Krishna wants you to be? Because if you think that, I, I want Krishna, and Krishna will bless me so I can have a very nice, comfortable, material life. 
or I can get Krishna praying the easy way, just by lying on my bed and doing nothing. And you know, I don't. Uh, Krishna won't mind if I sometimes, you know, watch some cartoons on TV. Or, this is cheating, self-deception. We cannot cheat Krishna. So, are we saying that we want Krishna, or do we actually want Krishna? If we actually want Krishna, then we will do whatever is required to attain Krishna. But then we won't cultivate anarthas, anarthas such as the desire to be a very big, important person in this material world, anarthas such as desiring India to win the cricket match with Pakistan. This is nonsense. We have nothing to do with this. If an Indian wins any medal in the Olympic Games, do Indians ever win any medals? Someone might win something. Then we should not feel, oh, very good. We should not think, I am an Indian to hell with the Pakistanis. We should not think like that. We should think, I am a servant of Krishna. If we think, I am an Indian, then we'll get born in India again. If we think, I am a servant of Krishna, will be born as a servant of Krishna. So now in modern India there's a lot of nationalism. It's everywhere you see they're painting everything green, white, orange to promote Indian nationalism. I am proud to be Indian. Why? <laughs> Why be proud to be Indian? Because of India's achievements, you see now with the, the fastest growing economy in the world and we're the first country to vote an Italian housewife as prime minister and so many things to be proud of but there's nothing to be proud of that we have taken birth in this material world whether it's Indian, American, cat, dog, Indra, Brahma there's nothing to be proud of it is a matter of shame And another thing is, I'm proud to be Indian, but we're not Indian. If we're thinking, I am Indian, then that is a misunderstanding. These are all obstacles. Now, we can sometimes preach among people that, yes, we should promote Indian culture. That is alright, if we understand that in what is the meaning of Indian culture. Indian culture means Vedic culture, or Krishna conscious culture. That I also myself I promote. Not that because I am I'm particularly concerned that I think the the soil or the rocks that lie between Kanyakumari and Kashmir is better than the soil and rocks in between Los Angeles and New York. There's no such thing. It's all part of this material world. But because we understand that the culture that has been traditionally practiced here is that which is most conducive for becoming Krishna conscious. For understanding that I'm not Indian, I'm not American, I'm not Chinese, I'm a servant of Krishna. From this standpoint we can promote Indian culture. But if we think I'm Indian and India should beat Pakistan in the cricket match or in the war or like this. This is simply bodily identification, which is an obstacle in the path of Krishna consciousness. 
So we should be determined to be Krishna conscious and understand what it is. Another obstacle to in Krishna consciousness is not understanding what it is. We may think Krishna consciousness is something very nice, very pious. What does actually surrender mean? What does it entail? It means giving up all our material attachments. Giving up all the material attachments completely. So that requires some work. Krishna consciousness is very joyful, but at the same time it's a very serious practice. So we have to apply ourselves very seriously. We cannot expect to make proper progress, we cannot overcome the obstacles unless we very seriously practice Krishna consciousness. It's not going to happen. Just like you're not going to get in the Olympic team, or you're not going to win the gold medal unless you're very serious to practice. So we should practice Krishna consciousness very seriously. And pray for the mercy of the Vaishnavas. Associate with strong devotees. Pray to Krishna to help us. Then we can advance in Krishna consciousness. Hare Krishna. Are there any questions about this or comments? Any discussion? Demigod worship, yes. Another material attachment. Generally, people before coming to Krishna consciousness, they're attached to worship of different demigods. So we can say, well, you can worship them as devotees of Krishna. But I generally recommend just stop it. Because generally we remain, we remain attached to the demigods. Then if you just like you may have worshipped in Tangaladu, it's very popular to worship Murugan. So if we say, now I worship as if worshiping as a devotee of Krishna, then why are you worshiping more than only? Why not Chandra, Vayu, Indra? If you are worshiping him to get the blessings of Krishna, then why only him? Why are you worshiping the demigods who you are worshiping before? If your actual aim is to satisfy Krishna, and you are saying that I am worshiping the demigods to get their blessings for worshiping Krishna, then why you should worship all the demigods? But that's also not necessary. Because by Krishna is the root of all existence. So by just like by pouring water on the roots of the tree, all the leaves, twigs, branches, flowers and fruits are nourished. So in the same way if we worship Krishna, all the demigods that's, that's also included. Or if we supply food to the stomach, then all the limbs and organs of the body are nourished. So we don't have to worship the demigods. So if we say, well, we'll worship, you can do, but it's actually a symptom of our material attention. And it's therefore an obstacle in our advancement. Another obstacle is considering rascals as sadhus. If we think that, well, you know, Sai Baba actually is very good, and this Ravi Shankar, they're also, they're also good, they're also sadhus. We should understand simply rascals. 
unless we accept that anyone who is not Krishna conscious is simply a rascal. Namam Vishriya that's also an obstacle. Now certain persons, you may say in some way, they are saintly persons. Just like we could say, this uh, previous country, Shankaracharya, this Chandrasekhar Emperor, we can say he was a sadhu, no doubt. He was a saintly person. But he wasn't Krishna conscious. So we may respect that he was austere, he studied the Vedas, but then his philosophy is Mayabha, uh, we reject that totally. So we should know that simply because someone appears to be a sadhu doesn't mean that they're a sadhu. They're misleading actually. So we can say someone like the, the Shankaracharya that their behavior in one way is saintly, but then the philosophy they're teaching is actually is detrimental to human society. So they're cheating. Who? The Shankaracharya chanting Sri Hari. But that won't be counted, because that is not in the mood of bhakti. They think that by chanting Hari, that is some punya. That is not for the sake of surrendering to Krishna. That is one of the offenses against the Holy Name. To think that that chanting Hare Krishna is simply a pious activities, like performing yajyas or going to holy places, performing fasts. So the chanting of the Holy Name of the Mayavadi, that Krishna will not accept. Actually, Bhaktisthans as Tango said, that the, the chanting of prayers to Krishna by the Mayavadis is more painful to Krishna, more distressing to Krishna than the arrows shot at him by his enemy. Because at least the arrows, they're shot and the enemy is openly showing his enemy. But the Mayavadis, they say, Sri Hari, Sri Hari. But they don't actually have faith in Sri Hari. They don't have faith that he's the Supreme Person. They think, Shivoham, I am God. So their chanting is offensive. That is, that does not give rise to bhakti. That kind of chanting is actually an obstacle in bhakti. Why does Krishna tolerate such people? Why does Krishna tolerate? Why do parents tolerate their errant children? Why do they, they, they tolerate their, parents tolerate their errant children because they are their children, they try to reform them. So Krishna gives this material world as a chance to reform the rascals, they're all rascals. The tolerance up to a certain point, and there's, there's punishment also. Yama Yata is punishment. Please speak loudly. Dipping in the sacred rivers. Dipping in the sacred rivers. What about that? What's 
Is it an obstacle to bhakti? It depends on the attitude with which we do it. Is it essential? No. Chanting Hare Krishna is essential. There are so many people living in South America, there are no holy rivers in South America. They don't have a chance to bathe in the holy rivers. But they can go back to Godhead by chanting Hare Krishna. Now, we may bathe in the holy rivers as an act of bhakti, out of respect. But these holy rivers are great devotees of Krishna. But if we do so eh, with the attitude of a karni or a jnani, this will not help us to advance in bhakti. How can we understand if we are progressing or not in devotional service? Bhakti Parishanga Bhava Virakta Virakti Vanyatra Chaisa Chaka Eka Kala Prabhatya Mahamasya Yathasya Sius Tushti Pushti Shrita Payamakasa This verse states that Bhakti means experience of the Supreme Lord and detachment from everything else. So, if we're increasing our bhakti, there should be detachment from material attachments. That's one thing. And another example that's given in this verse is that just when we're eating, with every bite, we feel nourishment satisfaction and diminishment of hunger. So in the same way if we're advising on devotional service, then we feel satisfaction in Krishna consciousness. We feel spiritual nourishment and we feel diminishment of material desires. These are the practical tests. Is it wrong to have a desire to have a good job and serve Krishna? It is better to have the desire to serve Krishna first rather than think that I want to have a good job but anyway I'll serve Krishna. That is karma yoga. Bhakti yoga means to think I have to utilize my life in such a manner that Krishna will be pleased and then we consider how our life should be led on the basis of that. There's a difference. Do you see the difference? In Bhakti Yoga we think, how is Krishna to be satisfied? And we do our work accordingly. In Karma Yoga, we do our work, what we want to do, and we think, okay, I'll offer it to Krishna. There's a difference. He's asking Say in the mic. Saying that uh, Shiva is a Jivadatma. So that is a great question of spoken Middle East with him. It's any Shiva devotion. Did everyone hear? Shiva is a great devotee, therefore we can respect him as an obstacle to our devotion. He's not also not Jivatam He's also not Jivatam. Again it depends on the attitude. If we are attached to Lord Shiva 
as some kind of mundane attachment, then uh, then we'll get a mundane result. We should respect our children. There's no question of not respecting it. We must respect it. But that respect doesn't mean that we all the time have to go to Shiva temple and offer puja. That is not required or wanted. Alright, shall we sing another? Do you have time? One more question. Offensive behavior towards devotees is definitely a very great obstacle. Dealing with devotees very roughly, very badly, that's also an obstacle. So what to do? Don't do it. You don't do that, do you? I don't think so. I don't know. Sometimes it's difficult for me to see because when I come, all the devotees are very nicely behaved and I don't know what they're doing when I go away. There's also another kind of kapakta, cheating mentality. That when sannyasi comes, then devotees come and they're all just like pure devotees. And then when they go away, then when sannyasi goes away, then you don't see them, they never come and do any seva. Even if they come, then they're behaving badly among each other. So it's a... Don't put on a show. You're not like that, are you? Ranga Krishna Prabhu. He's very nice example. He's nice to serve all the devotees. So we can associate with the advanced devotees. We shouldn't think also that advanced only means that sannyasi. Look among yourselves. Who is very serious to serve? Who is developing Vaishnava qualities? Who is very serious to practice? Take that association. We shouldn't think that only sannyasis and then everyone else is all rubbish. We shouldn't think of Actually, everyone who's, anyone who's taken to Krishna consciousness is glorious. But we should especially look. We can say advanced devotee means anyone who's seriously practicing. So take that association. Alright, let's see what other. It's very nice when we can make spiritual advance and we can sing the songs of the Vaishnava Acharyas in which all the instruction for becoming advanced and all the all the different moves